I, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who to trust. And, and next to none of it is good. That's what I meant. I meant that this podcast and those listening are in the right camp. No, I'm just, I'm not scared. You can't control yourself. Don't, don't, don't hold it down, okay? He's not in, he's not a commander of the, of the armed forces. What Dan's about to say is echoed by me. I ditto this statement. Richard LeCount literally knocked a man's head off in this game. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Clint. Uh, and Daniel, is it fair to say that uh, you don't know who you are anymore? Is that a fair statement that all identity has just left the building? I'll tell you I'll tell you what almost left the building in the middle of the game on Saturday night is everything I had eaten already that day. That's yes. I um I I don't know I don't know what's up, what's down, what's real, what's fake. I don't know what's I, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who to trust. Yeah, I, certainly uh, that. It's a <clears throat> here's what I do know though. The dogs are four and zero. We're one third of the way through the regular season, and I suspect the best or second best team we will play all year is behind us. That's um. How, how do you do? You agree with that statement? Uh, that statement is a very fair statement. Uh, you've succinctly. Brought uh, to the summary, you know, exactly where we are this year. And um, Daniel, I, I think not only do I agree, but I just want to know, um, there's lots of chatter going around right now. Just a lot all of, lot the of chatter, chatter, all the chatter you can get, um, which some of it real dumb. Oh, come uh, on. Of course, some of it, some, some of it's real dumb. Of course, it is. some of it moderately dumb. Okay. Yeah. And, and next to none of it is good. Just or accurate okay. or fair. I, I want to. I just. I mean, we said next to none of it. So whatever your take is, listener, is probably in that very small percentage that is fair. And that's what I meant. I just, meant that this just podcast that. and those listening are in the right camp. <laughs> Correct. That is our stance universally in all, all things. Yes. All uh, things. But Daniel, I just, I just want to know. Uh, with all that chatter, uh, there are lots of dog fans who are waking up, uh, woke up on Sunday, left the game Saturday, now trying to troll other programs. Uh, and they're a little burned, they're a little bitter, they're a little dejected based upon the product they saw on Saturday. They're happy we came out with a W, but uh, no one, no one's real exuberant. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that fair to say? It's fair to say that most are not exuberant over the win and i think and i think it's 
I think it's fair to not be exuberant over the win. I don't think it's a I don't think it's an unjustified reaction to lack absolute giddiness over what we saw on Saturday. But I I feel great about the game on Saturday. I'll just come out. I'll just come out and say it. Okay, L- listener, I, Daniel and I before this podcast, we did we we cold went into this podcast because Daniel and I had no clue where each other were, where where no, we were. We've not spoken emotionally. We've had no, we've not spoken since since late Saturday night, since just the aftermath of the game. Uh, no, no idea on where each of us stands, and so I have no idea what Clint's opinion is of the game. But I'll just give you, I'll just give you my summary, uh, Clint. I think. I think there's a lot on tape, and there's a lot to clean up. I think there's a lot of coaching to do. I think the there are many things about this team that I question and feel suspect about. Okay. But I think those are helpful, necessary building blocks to winning a national championship that must occur within a season. And I believe we came out... We did enough to get the win. We had made adjustments. Notre Dame is a better team than I thought they were. They played oh better than and they played better than anyone thought that they would. And so while I am concerned and we are going to talk about things that are greatly concerning on this podcast, I I feel as strongly as I've ever felt that Georgia's gonna win the national championship today. I feel just as strongly if not more so today than I did on Friday. That's my, that's where I'm at. Daniel, ask me. You asked me a question last week. Uh, your wife asked you who scares you, Clemson or Alabama, and you said no one. Uh, you asked no me, one. and I answered no one. Daniel, I mm-hmm. ask you. I ask you again. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you ask me that question one more time? Who who is it, Clint? That scares you. No one. It's no one. It's no one. Okay, listen, mm-hmm. dog fan. I'm not going to come at you until you're not a fan for questioning some things. Daniel and I are going to question. We have plenty that I am suspect oh. about. Which, by the way, I'm staring at a list. I'm staring at a list of questions right now that is two pages long. We're going to oh, yeah. get to over the next two weeks. Oh yeah. Mine starts with again the questionable effort of some people who don't know what tackling is in America. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I start. Uh, Daniel starts uh, at a couple of big men who uh, probably probably need to learn that uh, just because you're preseason All-American doesn't mean you're going to get handed the the position or the award. That's my guess on what Daniel's talking about. <sighs> mm. um, but here's here's what I'm saying. Dog fan, I'm not going to question your, your loyalty. We're going to question a lot of stuff. But guys, calm down. As Kirby would say, calm the bleep down. Okay. Please do this. Please do Correct. this favor for me. All right. Because here's the deal. Uh, Daniel's 100% right. Notre Dame came to play. We got their best shot that they are going to give anybody this year. Okay. Look on their schedule real quick. Do you see anybody else that uh, Michigan? Ha- How you doing, Michigan? Oh, no. We don't have time to talk about Michigan, Clint. Move on. Move okay. on, Clint. I'm just, Move, I'm just saying. Who, uh, Stanford. How you doing, Stanford? You, you think Notre Dame's scared of Stanford? Mm. No. Nope. Guys, we got no. their best shot 
all out. I I I think Brian Kelly. Look, uh, I got to give him some credit. That guy can coach a little bit, and he can game plan, and he can dissect. Uh, those boys came to play in a big way, uh, and and I don't. I'm not scared of anybody because I saw more things that excite me that I was questionable about before, and the things that I'm suspect on, I think are fixable, and I think can be a strength of this team if they get back and clean it up. Uh, so. I ain't scared. No. No, I'm just, I'm not scared. Um, uh, there's, <clears throat> there's so much positive that happens in this game. Let's, let's look at, um, should we just start? Should we start listing some positive things? I, I think what, we should we start saw? there. Absolutely. Okay, I'll start. Lawrence Cager, how Hello. are you doing? Come to come to the front of the room, please. We'd like we'd like to recognize you. You know what? I don't. Point. I have a predicting robe that I've actually just donned as robe of perfection mm. that I'm just going to give you. Mm. I mean, that guy just put us on his back in the third quarter and said, "You know what, everybody? Um, let's go down here to the end zone. I'm gonna. Oh, what is that? Was that a penalty on one of my uh, elite catches?" Don't worry about it. I'll just get it back. I'll get another one. We'll just. Why don't you just keep pitching the ball my way? Um. Uh, listen, Matt Landers. Mm. Not your not your best game. Okay. Mm. Not. Not your best effort. Um. But it's not you. It's him. But Lawrence Cager needs all the all the snaps. Uh. Lawrence Cager and George Pickens are are the two best outside receivers on this team. Sorry, Tyler Simmons. Sorry, Matt Landers. Um, Lawrence Cager and Dominic Blaylock and George Pickens are the three receivers. When Kyrus yep. Jackson comes back, you rotate him back in there because sure. I loved what I saw out of him early in, in, the, in week one. But, um, man, that guy, that, that cat stepped up. He's got experience. He clearly is not phased by the big moment. He is got huge size and athleticism, and he can he can make a catch and put a toe down. And listen, if you could do that, Jake Fromm can just put he can hang that ball out the side of the end zone where only you can catch it. And all you, if you can go up and get it, it's touchdown all day, baby. Jake Fromm's been doing that for three years, and now Hello. he's found another guy to do it with. Hello, look, uh, we have we have laid our claim to wide receivers that can block and go get a 50-50 ball. Uh, Wims, uh, Chris Conley, like these these guys are there, but Cager is a different beast. George Pickens is a different beast. Uh, yes, I, I am thrilled for with this. And uh, Jake Fromm's been doing it with anybody and everybody, and now he's got a big cat like that over there. This is, this is thrilling. Uh, and Daniel, the second thing I'm going to go to, um, I'm I'm squarely looking at every single person that first half Jake Fromm was hating on him, hating on his ability. Could says he only does five yard checkdowns. Do me mm-hmm. a favor, D- just do mm-hmm. 
Do me the biggest favor mm-hmm. that you can ever do in mm-hmm. your entire life. Go back and look at the, it was an incomplete pass, but go back and look at the rollout to right, dime to back right corner of end zone on a rope that only his receiver could catch it. And you look me in the eye and you tell me Jake Fromm is not the best quarterback in the entire NCAA. You look me in the eye and you tell me that after watching that throw. Okay, I'm not talking about gimmicky, let's do motion all over the world with a couple of double reverse, pitch it back, and have a wide open receiver streaking downfield. I'm not talking that throw. Okay, I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. the Tua special. Where Jared Judy just says, mm-hmm. I have a 4-1 speed, apparently, and I'm going to burn past you. I'm not talking that, okay? Uh-huh. I'm talking pinpoint, I'm going to put it where I damn please, where no one besides my guy can get it, on the run being chased down in the red zone. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you want to tell me that Georgia is one-dimensional and we can't air it out, look, we're not airing it out, and, and maybe we'll get to that in a little later in another segment. Uh, but, uh-huh. but let me tell you this right now, Jake, Jake Fromm can make any throw he wants. I, I don't care. He can but, make any throw that he wants to. And if we wanted again, you want to talk about coaching and play calling and whatever we could do that. If he want, if we wanted him to Jake Fromm and, and listen, that's why he's going to, that's why he's going to go in the draft guys. This because, because Idiots on their couch watching college football don't know what NFL scouts know, which is that you put him in an offense where he throws it all the time, and guess what he does? He throws it all the time. Hey, guess what all those quarterbacks in college that only take snaps out of the shotgun and they don't know how to take snaps under center? Guess what they do when they get to the NFL? What's they that? take snaps under center. Oh. They, they Because they just didn't do that because that's not what they were asked to do in hmm. college. Hmm. Uh, that's, hmm, that's Jake Fromm. Uh, Jake Fromm can do anything that he wants to do. Uh, and does do anything that he wants to do when asked to do it. Correct. Um, uh, let's see, where am I going to go next, Clint? Um, can we go, can we go to just the man that needs to be talked about that I'm, I'm shocked you and I, we have gone one for one and we haven't talked about him less. I think I was. I think I was about to go there. I think I was about to go there. What's up? What's up, Devad? What's up, homie? Oh, Devad. Oh, hey, Devad. Hey. Um, you you just came in and said, "I'll take this starting job. I'll take these tackles. I'll take these pass breakups. I'll make every stop. I'll be the only guy outside of the you know on the in the middle of the field that covers anybody all game." Uh, Devad Wilson is who we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season, Clint. Like all the Yes, he is. That's who he was. Like, I was shocked, to be honest with you, when Mark Webb took that starting job, and then Mark Webb just put a stranglehold on it by being one of our better defensive players. Correct. And listen, I'm, I love me some Mark Webb. That, that is as sure a tackling of an animal as you're ever going to find. But Devon Wilson came out and... Gosh, he made all the plays. He made all the plays. Um, those two guys in the star position mm. are a force to be reckoned with on this team. Uh, Devad, you, you have my attention. I'm sorry I overlooked you before. I'm sorry that for the entire offseason, everyone was talking about Stokes and his coverage ability. And I'm sorry that you had to listen to it. I'm not sorry that it made you angry 
and you came out ready to play this game. You had a coming out party in a big way, uh, and uh, you a dang good dog because my word, that cat, that cat can play. Um, and, uh, let's go. Let's talk about DeAndre Swift though for a minute. If we're going to talk about guys that can play, listen. I'll, let's we'll get to we'll get to things that concerned us. Did the offensive line have their best game? But, uh, no matter no matter. No matter where you land on the spectrum, you pick a you pick a metric, and it was their it was uh-huh. one of their poor performances to date. Offensive line did not have its best game. I counted one real hole that DeAndre Swift ran through the entire game. Clint, one actual hole, and it was it was in the third quarter. Uh. Every carry DeAndre Swift had in the first half, he manufactured every yard for himself. Correct. He was he was being uh, closed in on at or before the line of scrimmage, and he created every yard that he gained. And he had multiple ten yard runs in the first half when we were doing nothing on offense. He had multiple ten yard runs. Uh, this guy was he was being Ill, just out, just going out there being elite. DeAndre Swift is he is an elite back. Brian Harrion, love you, bruiser, hard nose. But this guy, there's a reason DeAndre Swift is. You can't take him off the field. Nope. And look, we'll we will get to other backs and whatever. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk extensively. In fact, I'm just gonna talk right now. I just, I just can't. You I can't, can't go another yourself. second. Don't don't because to me this down, okay? this is this is the thing. I gave you my position, uh, overly optimistic. But what in the actual hell are we doing when James Cook touches the ball one time and it is late in the uh, it's in the fourth quarter? Clint, what is actually happening in life when that is the case? Georgia fans up in their up in their feelings about how Zamir White didn't get any carries. Listen to me, Georgia fans. I did not have a problem with that. I'm just going to be honest with you. I did not have one problem. DeAndre Swift wasn't tired. Brian Harrion wasn't tired. And they're both better backs right now than Zamir White. But James Cook, Clint, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the four best playmakers that we have on offense easily in that group of four best playmakers. And he got one touch? All game? Like, he didn't have a bunch of drops. Nope. He wasn't targeted in the passing game at all. He just ran a bunch of jet motion pre-snap and then stood there. That's it. Clint, explain to me what in the world Kirby Smart and James Coley are thinking. Um, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I had insight. I wish I could defend this, but this is indefensible. This this is one of the stupidest things that happened in this game. How how Captain Boo got no touches. How he didn't get to ghost somebody and vapor trail them yeah. on the sideline. Is the I believe it's King Boo. King he's Boo. not a captain. Yeah, that's, he's, that's, not in, he's not a commander of the of the armed forces. He doesn't have a ship somewhere a, hiding out somewhere. No, no, he sits on a throne. <laughs> he wears a crown on his head as he skates past you. <laughs> On his throne. 
on skates as he as he burns past. Uh, no, this Correct. this man is again talk about different mold. This is a different mold back, um, and he needs to get the ball. It's indefensible, Daniel. And those of you who are trying to tell me that James over there is first year OC, he's figuring some stuff out. It doesn't take you more than five minutes on the practice field to look over and go, oh, that guy can burn unlike these others. It, it's he not knows, alerting. He, he, he knows who James Cook is, okay? Like, he's not, that's not, he's not figuring that no. out. No. Uh, he needs to figure out how to get guys like that the ball. Listen, of the two, your boy, my boy, Jorge Pickens, had two targets in the game. He was pass interfered with on both of the targets, not called. Clint, was the officiating good in this game? Uh, it was neither good nor equal <laughs> nor sound nor, I mean... Acceptable? Uh, was it acceptable? Passable? It was none of those things. No, it was none of those things. Listen, I thought DJ Daniel absolutely interfered with... Tall boy over there on the sidelines in the end zone. That was a legitimate pass interference call. I had no problem with it. Even at the time I texted you, had no problem with it. Uh, but Clint, did we get one pass interference in the game? No, we're 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 gold gloves having red jersey pour through their fingers as they were clutching a fistful of it. Yes. I'm talking about just whacking people on the arm, not looking at the football as they're trying to make a catch. What is pass interference, that, Clint? I don't does the ACC have a policy on pass interference yet or is the policy just let Clemson win so we can get a team into the playoff? Is think, that the policy? I think you've just hit the nail on the head on that one. Uh we don't want to be irrelevant and if Clemson doesn't get in, we are irrelevant so let's not let's not do that oh and they pass a lot let's just let things happen let's just let it go um anyway jorge pickens double pass interference both of which would have ended the game correct just so we're clear like oh no actually not the first one uh he would have caught a touchdown but but your boy larry cager caught a touchdown on the very next play so Mm. that that came back uh to not bite us second pass interference would have extended that last drive on that beautiful throw by jake that honestly even with the pass interference i can't believe jorge didn't catch that i can't he it was in his hands it was right there he had it in the the grass and that's that tells me clint how i feel about this kid and i don't feel unjustified whatsoever like every time i expected i expect to catch I'm not mad at him for not catching it. No human that I know of could catch it. But I expected him to. That's because he's that good. Like, he's that good at catching the ball. Yes. Anyway, Jorge Pickens, two targets the entire game. That didn't bother me so much. I'm okay? fine with I that. Know that. I know that that, you know, might be because we're spreading the ball around in the passing game. Uh, Lawrence Cager, obviously, playing out of his mind. Um. And you just Jake Jake is more often going to throw to the guy that's open and whatnot. But but James Cook getting one touch in the game. That one is inexcusable. Inexcusable. I don't I just don't see any way. Um, I don't see any way around it. L- let me stay on the offensive side of the ball and let me tell you what is unacceptable. And I don't know I don't know what to call these plays. I have no idea besides stupid, dumb unfounded in statistical analysis of success. I don't know what else to call them. But I swear, if we do more motion what wide receiver in some fly sweep, double reverse, 
option. I, I have no idea what we're doing with this stupid play. Where any are you receiver- talking about? Are you talking about the play where the the receiver comes in motion and then plays ring around the rosy with Jake Fromm? I think and then a- sh- and then shoots back, catapults back. I think he's using some sort of centrifugal force. It's it's like in the order Apollo to catapult. Mission, you know when they were like Correct. we're we're out of gas, we're, so we're out of fuel. We're yep. gonna use the gravitational force we're of the use moon the to gravity throw back. of the moon. That's what it's like. Um, my word, that is the stupidest play in our playbook. You need to rip it out. Throw it away and never talk about it again. I totally disagree, Clint. No, I stop. totally disagree. S- you stop right no, now. No, I'm serious. You watch that play. Did we throw it to that guy one time? No. I think maybe we threw it to one, but I don't think. I'd have to go back and look. I think we ran that play at least four times, maybe five times. Um, we threw the ball, I think, to four or five different receivers, none of which were that guy. On that play. It's this eye candy play. You remember the big first down that Eli Wolf got when Jake Fromm threaded it in between two defenders, oh. and we both thought Eli was going to get that ball ripped out of his hands, but he somehow just manhandled it to the ground. Um, that was a huge first down in the game, yes? It will, absolutely. That was on that play. Do you know why Jake was able to fit the ball in between two defenders? Because one defender was watching Dominic Blaylock go loop-de-loop in the backfield. And then by the time Jake threw the ball to Eli, he was late closing, and that was the guy that was getting there late that didn't get there in time to break up the pass. It's just a, it's a gimmick, eye candy play, but we're not... I like The, the play to me was uh, second drive of the game. No, first drive of the game. We get a first down, and then... On second down, they blitz. It's second and seven. They blitz uh, off the corner, yeah. which they did all game and destroyed us on. Uh-huh. Uh, they blitz off the corner, and Jake Fromm throws hot to the back, which they had two guys just standing there waiting for him to throw hot to the back. James Cook standing all alone on the other side of the field. Like if Jake is aware of that, turns around... I just think there were some plays where we threw the ball into the flat. Mm. I I get that people don't love the jet sweeps. Georgia fans have a really I mean you're still you still got the taste of Isaiah McKenzie in your mouth. Georgia fans just admit like it just you hate the jet sweep because of that. But Tyler Simmons got a first down on the jet sweep. There were five different times when James Cook was coming across the formation on the jet sweep where I was praying we would snap the ball and turn around and hand it to him. Right? I mean, like, well, that see, would have been well, a good see, play. That, I was just going to say, give Cook the ball in space like that I have no problem with. Even if he gets a five-yard yep. loss, I'm fine with it because he has the potential to bust it for 50. I'm not mad about that. I'm mad at the slow, stupid pace where we have to go through the steps of that that loop-de-loop to get something else going. It feels yep. like we're setting things up that never came to fruition. That's what it felt that- like to me. I can see that, but it's just an Auburn type gimmicky eye candy play that actually did work a few times in this game. So I'm not I'm not all that mad about it. I'm uh, not all that mad about it. Uh, Clint, we're, we're we we were supposed to be talking about things that we liked, and our our personality has has come through. <laughs> this is who we are, people. This is who we are. We just want to reiterate: we are as optimistic about this team as we ever have been, in case you're just joining the podcast. Uh, why did you start listening in the middle? That's weird. You should 
should start listening from the beginning. It's not like this is a live broadcast or something like it. But in case you're just joining the podcast, we want to reiterate. Um, we want to reiterate uh, how we feel about this team. Clint, I'm going to ask you bigger concern. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Bigger concern. Um, the lack of pass rush or the lack of uh, pass defense. The lack of coverage. Uh, are you are you talking about our boy Komet as the only lack of of coverage? Well, I'm just asking you. After you watch that game, not necessarily even re- related to the game, but after you watch that game, what are you more concerned about? Our pass rush not getting yeah, not getting uh, home. not getting one sack. As far as I know, did we touch him? Uh, the final play of the game, Jer- I mean, Jermaine Johnson got him. But besides that, no. Besides that, no. <laughs> uh, so, more concerned about the pass rush or the the coverage unit's inability to... I mean, Clint, they scored... How many points did they score? They scored 17 points. They had 21 yards rushing. Yeah. yeah. So, how did they beat us? So, what, what was what's more concerning? The pass rush or the coverage? Um, did you get the feeling, I, this was the feeling I got, and I don't know if this is true. Did you get the feeling that the pass rush was asked to temper down to not pin their errors back? Like it was a coaching decision to stop other plays and stop the mobility of Ian Book, that, that the coaching was there to say, look guys, slow the motor down on here, contain him. Because if not, what's concerning is those plays. If that's not the answer, if the answer is this is not a concentrated effort to do so, then the concern is why couldn't we get to him? Was his lack of effort? Was there just no push? I, I have no idea. But as I was watching it, I watched guys were peeking in and peeking out trying to see where Ian Book was. And I just couldn't help myself but think, were they asked to do this? Yeah, could be. Ian Book beat us with his legs one time in the game. That was obviously a fear coming into the game. Uh, and he did convert one play um, where it looked like was it Nicobe Dean? It looked like somebody was going to get him. Yes, and then they didn't. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> look, you look at our schedule, Clint, and how you feel about the Missouri game after this game, after watching this game. Like, how do you feel about Missouri's ability to score points against us? And I asked that specifically about that team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I now am terrified for Missouri because because if correct Cole Komet can uh, go Gronk on us, they have dual twins who do the same thing down at Mizzou. Did we tackle him one time in the game? Eighty four. I just wanted to know. No, like they I, they called a whistle because his forward progress was stopped or he went out of bounds. These two things happened. I just wanted I wanted him to to feel the ground one time, and I don't feel like that was ever validated. Um, also, the fact that he was streaking wide open down the middle of the field in the fourth quarter after they he had beaten us, he was the only guy that had beaten us all game. That probably isn't my favorite thing. Like, um, I will be fair to Trevor Woodworth. Okay. Hey, Give Trevor. credit. 
Trevor. Where credit is due. If you're still listening, which I hope you are. T. Wood. T. Wood. T. Wood. Because this is, what Dan was about to say is echoed by me. I ditto this statement. Richard LeCount literally knocked a man's head off in this game. He hit. He, he had a hit that both you and I immediately just texted each other the word literally uh, after the hit. It was a it was a big time thumping play. Um, and then he didn't cover anybody the whole the whole game. So so what you just said is Richard LeCount did Lich, Richard LeCount is what he did. He just did he just did Richard things. Clint, he just did some Richard things. But but Clint, pause. Because a little too much Debbie Downer here. Oh, I'll swing it back. I'll please. swing it back. Who stands back there next to Richard? Is there does he have a a a, a cohort? Yeah. In the secondary? Yeah, he he's got a big brother. And this big brother uh-huh. doesn't miss tackles, doesn't miss coverage, doesn't blow assignments and should be Look, next when we're talking about we're talking about JR next year we're gonna miss him first of all and secondly i don't know what team's gonna draft him in the second round but mm-hmm. you're gonna get a he'll gift. start he'll, he'll start. start day one jr yep. is is a national treasure for uga and if you don't appreciate him you shut your mouth right now and our best defensive back is jr and it's not close it is head and shoulders it's not it's nowhere near close okay first first drive of the second half kirby's been in there coaching him up and JR almost has himself a pick six. Just yeah. if he could hang on to the ball, it would have been a pick six. Baited the throw and just immediately planted himself right directly in the middle of Ian Book's brain and just said, I'm going to live here for the rest of the game, if that's okay. And sure enough, he did. He lived there for the rest of the game. And then he did it again, baited him into a throw and just said, oh, there's that wobbler coming out. 20 yards down the field. Let's go get that one. Mm. And he did. He went and got it. Uh, JR played a heck of a game. Man, cover, we could not defend that tight end. No. But uh, JR was kind of the lone bright spot in terms of, I thought, the middle linebacker slash safety play uh, in the game. What else, Clint, stands out to you as you as you think big picture, little picture? Here's my big picture, and I I just you're gonna you're you're sick of hearing it from me. The listeners are sick of hearing it from me. I'm sick, to be quite frankly, of asking this question: Who in the world is our best linebacker? Nobody knows. Okay, I, I'm tired of asking. I am begging for someone to finally declare, I'm done, I'm sick, I don't want to play anymore, I'm done playing, I, I'm here, and this is mine. And nobody's doing that. People want to talk about Tay Crowder having nine tackles. Look, Tay had a, a good game. He didn't have an exceptional game. He got beat. He didn't get over the top on a couple of blocks. He missed a few what I thought should have been knifing tackles in there. Uh, Tay had a good game, not a great game. Don't, don't throw sure. that out there. Okay. Tay is very solid. Yeah. Tay is very solid. Very much. Low ceiling, high floor. That is... Same as Monty, right? Same as Monty. And I'm just sitting here wondering, is is that going to bite us down the road? Is that going to nip us in the bud where we are screwed because of it? 
We gave up 17 points to a a a team that supposedly likes to believe that they have a elite offense. Sure, 17 points. Okay. So that's pers- there's perspective number one. 17 points, not a lot of points. Okay, we held them under their project their Las Vegas team total. Uh, seven of those points, Clint, came after Tyler Simmons forgot how to be a human being and just straight up didn't catch the ball. Like, just straight up didn't catch the ball. That's one yeah. thing we haven't talked about yet. Yep. Yeah. Um, man, oh man, that was that that changed the whole game. It I feel really, like, really did. Uh, I feel like our defense was starting to settle in at that point, to be honest with you. And to verify that point, they gave up three points between then and six minutes left in the third in the fourth quarter. Uh huh. Like they they given up three total points the entire the entire remainder of the game. Uh, seven of those points came when Notre Dame took five plays to score from inside the five yard line, and had to had to get the hanky on the field to assist them with it. Which again I thought was a valid call, but uh, would have liked to have seen it called both ways. But whatever. Uh. I thought our defense played really well, and yet, and yet we're sitting here and we just we feel disappointed. Is it unrealistic expectations that we have? No. Or no, it's not. Did they really play poorly? I just don't know. It's not unfair expectations. The reason why it's not is because we know the skill that's on that side of the ball, Daniel. We know the speed. We we know it's there. And again, you want to talk about depth which, by the way, I'm so thrilled that we have because, again, we were down four four contributors in this game, and we had the depth to stand back up and, and do something with it. So, uh-huh. fantastic. But it's not, it's not unreal expectations because those expectations are going to come down the road against Mizzou, against Dopey Dan's stupid offensive trickeration crap that he's going to pull out. Uh, Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Gosh. Gosh. I I don't know. I don't know if a throat punch was more applicable to another human being before in life besides Dopey Dan. Let me let me give you the counterpoint to your to your question and to your frustration, Clint. All right. You ready? I'm. I am. Set me straight. I'm not sure I'm going to set you straight. I think I'm just going to give you a reason for optimism. Okay. Uh, Take Crowder, Monty Rice, Walter Grant. We know who these guys are. We do. They are all high floor, low ceiling guys. Okay? But, Clint, let me ask you this. Is Aziz Ojolari a low ceiling guy? No. No. Now, how many games in his college career has he played so far? Uh, five, five games. He's played five games. Okay, is Nolan Smith a low ceiling guy? <laughs> no. The ceiling is the roof. Correct. To quote the great Michael Jordan. 
Uh, how many games Nolan Smith got under his belt? Four. Four. <clears throat> Quay Walker? Is that a low ceiling guy? Hmm. I would argue highest ceiling maybe of any of the inside linebackers. All right. Uh, Quay Walker, I don't know exactly how many games he played at inside linebacker, but how many, how many, he's got no real games under his belt before this year. I mean, he's played in the garbage time and fourth quarters and whatever. Just getting started in his college career. Uh, Clint, did N'Kobe Dean play in this game more than he has in any other game this season? I'm just, I, look, you know, you know my love for Nakobe. Okay, this is. I think he did. This is. And listen, let me just ask you this, Clint: Does Zamir White play more or less against Notre Dame than he did against every other opponent on our schedule? Less. He played a lot less. Now, did Nakobe Dean play more or less against Notre Dame than every other opponent on our schedule? What does that tell you about Nakobe Dean mm-hmm. and the way the coaches view him and the way that he is progressing? Mm-hmm. I would argue to you, Clint, that you just need to wait. Okay. Just wait. Because a time is coming and will soon be here, I believe. Mm. Mm. Okay? Mm. When the linebackers of this great team will rise up and will overthrow mm. the incumbent starters. Okay. And will begin to dominate on the field. As you have hopes and anticipations for them to do. Um, the bye week, we've oh. said many times, couldn't come at a better time. Thank you so, so much. And then we played Tennessee, Clint. Oh, that's a get-right so, game. So, so let's pad some stats. <laughs> um, <clears throat> then we played Tennessee, which I, again, I expect Tennessee to just come out throwing haymakers, caution to the wind, Oh, they have to. They they got nothing to lose. Um, yeah, we we've got a little bit of time before we get into what we would consider to be the real crux of this schedule: Absolutely. Florida, Missouri, Missouri, Auburn, Texas A and M, uh, SEC championship game, playoff game number one, playoff game number two. These are the games when we need these linebackers to perform. We got the win. Yeah. We we got the win with inexperienced, green, wet-behind-the-ears kids. And they're only going to get better from here, Clint. That every game that these guys play, okay. Devon Wilson, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, Ooh. Quay Walker, Ooh. Aziz Ojolari, Nolan Smith, even Jermaine Johnson on the, this level, big-time college football. These guys are only going to get better. Uh, you just got to give them a little bit of time. Okay. Okay. Give them a little bit of time. I can I can do that. But get, by the end of this year, if we don't have a backer that I'm in love with, I, I'm going to be puking. That bucket is going to come back up. You, oh, the bucket. The bucket's made many appearances so far. <laughs> it really uh, has. As I said, as I said, early in the third quarter, I thought the bucket was... It was just, it was me in the bucket. <laughs> the love affair with um, the bucket is in full swing. Let me ask you this, Clint. Two corners out for the game. Uh, Stokes gets injured on the first series. Yep. 
Tyson Campbell does not play. We've not even spoken of it. No. We gave 17 points to Notre Dame without our two starting corners. Is that a thing? Is that is that something we should be talking about? Uh, Did the big physical receivers save the tight end? No. Did the big physical receivers dominate us? No, kid from Vancouver, BC, did not dominate us. Had a couple of good plays. Did not near, nowhere near dominance. Okay, so stop on DJ, that. DJ Daniel looked a little lost on a couple on a couple plays a on few. the kid. This is a this is a big time wide receiver. We're talking about though. Um, I thought the I thought the coverage on the outside was as good as you could possibly have hoped for, given that situation. 100%. That being said, we really need those guys back. Get like healthy the, now. Whole bye week. The bye week. Compression the bye week. sleeves on ankles, all the ice Just you can get find. get into some sort of cryogenic chamber. Let's just go at you full and Ted Antonio Williams. Brown's foot. Uh-huh. You and Ted Williams and anybody else that's frozen Walt Disney, just get yourself right. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> Solomon Kenley. Clint. Oh. So we've not heard from we've we've not heard from Kirby. Obviously, by the time you listen to this, uh, you will probably you will have heard Kirby's press conference. Likely, maybe there will be news about these guys. I don't expect we're going to hear great news about Solomon Kenley. My, my anticipation uh, is we are. This is like uh, Ben Cleveland last year. We're going to be without Solly for quite a long time. Kirby ain't going to say he's out for the season. You bet your life on that. No, he won't. Kirby's going to say it's a significant injury, and we're going to work to get him back as quick as we can. Uh, how are you feeling about the offensive line? Obviously, we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty. They didn't have their best game. A lot of guys were getting whipped by guys that were supposedly less physical than they were. Just pulled around the yard by the scruff of their neck on certain plays. And I'm looking at you, Cade Mays. Um, look, you were out of position. Not a great game. Not a great game. Not you were a out great of position. I Kate. get it. I really, really understand it. You need to be on the interior of that offensive line, pushing people around. I get it. Um, we need our we need our tackles back in a hurry, Daniel. Yeah, Isaiah Wilson came back and played uh, uh, the better part of the uh, second half of this game, and so that that makes you feel good moving forward again. By week, gotta get Isaiah Wilson healthy. If we got those five, those five being Andrew Thomas, Cade Mays, Trey Hill, Ben Cleveland, Isaiah Wilson, you still in love with our offensive line? Yes. That's my question to you. Yes, I am. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump off the bandwagon. They had a bad game. People have bad games. <laughs> I'm in love with this offensive line. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Still got Jamari, who again is growing. Is 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 getting better? Justin Schaefer came in. He looked okay. Made, like, he was all right. Made a made a had a really dumb penalty, which got him. I feel like pulled for the rest of the game. Really dumb, unnecessary roughness penalty. Uh, made a great block on the goal line. Uh huh. Though on the touchdown run, the first touchdown by DeAndre Swift. It was it was Justin Schaefer that was just clearing the way uh, on that. So I I didn't hate what I saw out of him. Obviously, you'd like. To have more depth, you'd like everyone to be healthy. You'd like for your nastiest run-blocking offensive lineman, I think, in Solomon Kinley to be 
playing this year. Ooh. But you knew there was going to be injuries. We can't afford many more. No. But we, it is what it is. I'm still on board with this offensive line. My, um, here's my last question. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Is it? Is it time to just hand Jake from the keys and say, go do your thing? Maybe we'll talk about this on Thursday. Okay. I don't, we don't have time to get into okay. play calling. and, But I'll just, say, I'll just say this. That's never going to happen. No. It's, it, so just. Thank you. Thank you. We could, we could say it and we could get all flustered and hot bothered about it. But it's never going to to happen and also again georgia fan please hear me please hear me i still contend still contend the way we win a national championship let me ask you this is alabama fan all of a sudden their one injury or their one amazing secondary away from being a one-dimensional team go look at their run stats because they they can't they can't run worth a damn daniel right now no they can't is is Bama scared you take away a couple of their seam routes and you game plan really well and you what are they going to do after that? Our best way to continue to go where we want to go is to have Jake Fromm in that 18 passes, 20 passes per game attempt. I I'm fine with it. He is exceptional. He is the best quarterback in the nation. I love Jake Fromm and I'm fine with him having 18 to 20 and getting 225 250 and a couple, two, three tuds that are pinpoint timed perfectly. I don't want to see. I don't want to see anything else. Kirby is when you when you get a team that is physically outmatched. This is a team that like Georgia is a team that's going to run up the score. Yes, not intentionally, but just we we questioned whether that was Notre Dame. I think, and I think we learned that it wasn't. Okay, people want to talk about Georgia rushed the ball for 150 yards like that was a win. Clint, we had 150 yards rushing in the game. That's 100 yards less than any team Notre Dame's played this year. Had. And they played New Mexico. So bad. Again, let's let's just calm down there. Georgia did not Notre Dame came out either played above their heads. I mean, they've been here in all week. That they don't have a prayer in this game. Right. They don't deserve to be in the top 10. Just like Clemson last year, they're going to get blown out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, give them credit. They, they came played. out, played great. Uh, but but I don't want... Um, when Georgia is against a team that is physically matched up well against them, this is just not, this is not a team that is ever going to cover the big spread or run up the score or... Because we're just going to do what we're going to do. Kirby is very content to play close games, Mm -hmm. to be conservative, to keep the clock moving, to rely on the defense. That's just who he is. And you like it, you don't like it, it doesn't really matter what you think or what I think or what anybody else thinks. Um, I I thought the fourth and one call, I hated it at the time. As most people did, no, I, I thought it. it was the right. I thought it was the right call in hindsight, uh, but it was what it was, and like that's just you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad with Kirby. You Look, gotta take if all you ever the sides. question Kirby, please go back to the Rose Bowl 
before the half and the kick that he set up with Rodrigo to get three points before the half. Just if you ever question Kirby, go back to that and say, okay, maybe he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. He knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Uh, Clint, let me end with this. Just as I don't know who, who needs to hear this, but I'm going to read off some scores to you. Ooh. Are you ready? Ooh, I like this. Uh, September 29th, 2018. Okay? Okay. Clemson, 27. Syracuse, 23. Ooh. And also, by the uh, way, that was in Clemson. Uh, let me move to November 11th, 2017. Uh, Mississippi State, 24. Alabama, 31. Uh-huh. Uh, let me move now to 2015. Uh, October 24th, 2015. Alabama, 19. Unranked Tennessee, 14. Mm-hmm. At Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, where's my game from 2012? Hang on, it's coming. We're interneting over uh, here. <clears throat> November third, 2012. Uh, top ten matchup: Alabama 21, LSU 17. Uh, 2009, Alabama 12, mm-hmm. again, unranked Tennessee, 10. Uh, all those teams, Clint, have one thing in common. What's that? All the winning teams that I read, they all won the national championship uh-huh. that year. Uh, after, after mightily struggling against... Uh, sometimes vastly inferior competition, sometimes mightily struggling against other top 10 teams that they played in big-time matchups. I didn't even talk about the losses that those teams, except for Clemson, sustained. I didn't talk about the Johnny Manziels or <clears throat> the... Or, um, or any of those things. I mean, Alabama in 2009, they beat Virginia Tech by 10. Uh-huh. Alabama struggled with Old Miss. Uh, in They beat Old Miss in a shootout 43-37 to 37 oh, no. in 2015. Look, guys, if you're... Now, if you're now not- was that Alabama team... Were those teams done? Were they Were they overrated? Were they to be written off? Nope. Were they to listen to the troll job that Auburn Twitter was undoubtedly giving them at the time? I just Georgia fans. We're we're we okay. We good. Okay? We're still we we're still here. Just chill out. Please breathe for a moment. Let the oxygen into the vessels. 
all the way up traveling to the to the brain and then settle in because we're fine. And Notre Dame is not unranked Tennessee. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. please, calm down. Notre Dame's a good team. Ian Book can run defense. But every once in a while, look, every once in a while you get a team that comes in ready to just take on a challenge. These, these are real things. These are These are complex creatures called humans that sometimes screw up on plays and sometimes play out of their minds. And when you get timing of things like that together, it's hard. I get it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Please calm down, Georgia fan. And please, please don't take bait from from Gator fan or from anything. Just please. We know you're going to, but we're just, we're like your parents. We're just, we're telling, we're asking you not to, even though we know that you already are. We know. Uh, we're winning the national championship, Clint. Yep. Uh, we've got more to say about this game. We've got more to say about this team. We will. We've got two weeks to talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, just a quick. We're not going to get into this now, but quick apology. Maybe before we get into Thursday's episode, just if you took our advice this weekend, honestly, shame on you, because you knew. I I do have to. You I do have to. Add a caveat. I'm sorry if they took if they took your advice. Mm, I. <laughs> You knew my head wasn't in it, okay? I. You knew my head look, wasn't. Listen. We said we started the podcast and we said uh, we got a couple here, but we're distracted. Okay, that's on you for taking our bets. All right, it's on you. It's on you. We will be back on Thursday with more of said locks, with more thoughts about UGA football. Uh, if you have things, if you have questions, if you have things that you want us to address, if you have things that you want to hear on the podcast, let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at dogs podcast uh talking dogs pod at gmail.com is the email address uh subscribe to the podcast let other people know about it hit us up on twitter love to connect until then enjoy your week enjoy your enjoy the victory go back and rewatch the game soak in the sights and sounds of sanford stadium the single greatest atmosphere in all of sports period hands down and we will talk to you guys on thursday See ya.